Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome into a brand new edition of Embrace Debate. You can catch us every Monday morning live, 10.30 a.m. Uh, on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel and across all of our platforms, uh, the Keep Pounding Podcast Network. Follow that on Twitter at KP underscore. Uh, actually, I don't remember the, <laughs> I don't remember the handle for it. I'll get it for you in a little bit. Desmond Johnson here. I'm your host. Uh, Cody and Monty in the house here with us. Every Monday morning, we debate Carolina Panther-centric topics for you. Get your morning right. Get you off for the rest of your week, gentlemen. How was your weekends? Hey, man, I, I'm I'm here, brother. I, I, I survived the, <laughs> <laughs> the turn up of the weekend, so I'm here, man. <laughs> Cody, what's up? Yeah, my, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, Monty almost didn't make it, man. He turned up this weekend. Yeah, but, I, went, uh, I went. I went pretty hard this weekend. But I'm, I'm, I'm here. He said, hey, for like like two days there, we hadn't heard from him or nothing. We didn't know where he was. And he popped up this morning. It's like, yo, I'm, I'm here. Am I? <laughs> hey, man, hey, I had to recover. I, I'm not 18 anymore. I'm not 21 anymore. I'm sorry. Let's yeah. say I'm not 21 yeah, just, anymore. Just, <laughs> just thinking about it. No, man, I'm happy to be here, man. I'm ready to do Monty like my man uh, Tank Davis did Ryan Garcia. Hit him with that debate body blow and uh, and, and, and take him out. You know what I'm saying? That's what we do. Hey, I'm not going out that it was, it was so delayed. Like, I mean, literally like three seconds before it like reached his brain. He's like, oh, no, my liver's malfunctioning. He's just like, <laughs> yeah. <to> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was watching. Dude, I was watching it at the bar I was at, and everybody was like, yo, what happened? You know, it just it happened so fast, and then we saw the replay, and I was like, oh, well, he definitely probably yeah. cracked the rib. Because at first people thought that maybe, like, the dude threw the fight or something like that, and then yeah. you go back and see the replay. It's like, nah, dude got his liver crushed. Yeah, <laughs> he had to look him in the it. eyes, too. Oh, no. he, looked, he looked up at him, 
and Tank yeah, was talking trash. <laughs> oh, that's just such a bad way to go out, up. man. That's, yeah, the look up was the worst because he's looking at me like, why'd you do that to me? Like, why'd you do that to me? Like, I wouldn't wait for that. So we'll uh we'll get we'll get you right into it here. Uh we usually dive right in. If you've got a take or something you want the fellows to debate, you can actually participate in this either on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio Facebook Watch or on the YouTube channel at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. In the comments section, you can actually put in a take there um, and actually do it there. Just don't care, as how can we donate to the channel? Brother, I will get with you later. Um, we, will, <laughs> we, will, we will discuss uh, what you can do to help out there as we continue to grow uh, each week. Shout out to the C3 family. Uh, Cody's folks are checking in with us over here. Uh, and of course, Monty from the four man rush, uh, your boys, Kevin and uh, and uh, smooth. They're, they're going to be putting together something trench warfare uh, that'll be coming to the yeah. uh, podcast network soon, yeah. where if you guys love X's and O's and really breaking down film and uh, the guys in the offense and defensive lines, that show is going to be for you. And that's coming up uh, here soon. We'll get you some details on that uh, as well. It is draft week. It's finally here. First round is Thursday. Uh, NFL Network and ESPN with joint coverage. Um, we'll get into all that stuff. Let's just get into the very first question for today. We kind of have an idea who the first quarterback is going to be uh, based off of what we heard over the past week. It feels like Bryce Young is going to be that dude at number one for Carolina. The question I have, who will be the second quarterback off the board in the 2023 NFL draft? Because while Bryce Young has kind of solidified his first overall pick status, there's some movement behind him in terms of C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. Uh, and there's some quarterback needy quarterbacks behind us as well. Who goes off the board second? Not necessarily second overall, but who's the second one taken after Bryce Young in the NFL draft? Uh, Monty, let's start off with you. It's, it's going to be a toss up between uh, Anthony Richardson, I'm sorry, and CJ Stroud. I think is I'm leaning towards CJ Stroud just because he is the more prototypical and between the two, I believe, more pro ready quarterback. Uh, I, I think there's a strong argument for both. Um, I think that C.J. Stroud um, definitely checks all the boxes. What you're looking for, as like we were saying, the prototypical quarterback has the arm strength, has the accuracy downfield. Uh, you know, I think that he, you know, me and Cody have went back and forth about this. He's very underrated at, under pressure, uh, you know, especially. And he's a he's an assassin on third down. So, you know, so I think that he has a very strong argument for you know, the second quarterback off the board. I think Anthony Richardson in that upside is where, you know, where that argument is going to get close, you know, where we're going to bridge the gap with that argument. I, I'm going with C.J. Stroud, though. You know, I think I've been high on C.J. Stroud all year. Um, Bryce is my guy, but, you know, I think C.J. Stroud is going to be uh, the second quarterback. Cody, same question. Who, in your mind, should be the second quarterback off the board in the 2023 NFL draft behind Bryce Young? So, look, man, the answer should be C.J. Stroud. But you know what? It's probably going to be that mayonnaise monster, Will Levis. If you look at all... <laughs> Of the all of the you know the 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 betting odds, the betting favorites, <laughs> they have both Will Anderson and Will Levis at better odds to be picked by the Houston Texans than CJ Stroud, and it's blasphemy, man. I want to go on record. If the Houston Texans trade the number two overall pick, let alone to a division rival like the Indianapolis Colts or the Tennessee Titans, I hope. C.J. Stroud burns them alive for years to come in their own division. C.J. Stroud, in my opinion, might be the best quarterback in this draft. Like, I think all this S2 score crap is bogus. I feel like he's being devalued for something 
that isn't related to football at all whatsoever. It should be C.J. Stroud, but this smear campaign against C.J. right now is something like I've never seen before, man. So even though he should be the number two quarterback, I don't think he's going to be, man. I actually had that as a bonus question. I didn't write it up here. Uh, Those C2 uh, cognitive scores uh, leaked out a couple of days ago, and um, C.J. Stroud kind of took a hit off of it. Bryce Young scored 98 percentile. Uh, I think Hendon Hooker scored like at 48%. Uh, Anthony Richardson was in the 70s. Then you have this weird case of C.J. Stroud where he apparently scored in the 18 percentile. Yeah. Uh, and because of that, it's made it where uh, this isn't the Wonderlick. This is like a, um, from my understanding, it's like a test to like how fast do you process things like on the field or just in general or whatever. 98 percentile sounds like almost like artificial intelligence, like, like, are you real, Bryce Johnson, or, or yeah. are you like some kind of yeah. <laughs> cyborg or something? 18% sounds like, how are you able to walk around and like, yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> just, how are you on the like, field? Yeah. How are you on the field like, Saturday? <laughs> everyone's <laughs> making it sound like he's dumb or something. And yeah. It, like, I don't think he's dumb. It just, I, I don't know. It's really, how do you, you have to try to score an 18? You know what I mean? Like, right. I know, <laughs> I, I know this. <laughs> I know these billionaire owners swear by the S2 test now. But let's keep it a butt, man. We're not talking football anymore. Like, what you're able to do on the field and what you're able to do on an S2 test, it's like there's a saying, correlation does not equal causation. And to me, this is a perfect example of that. And it's just a way to slander a very talented young player who has a ton of potential in the NFL, I believe. Yeah, it's, it's terrible timing. I, yeah, I'm sorry, Des. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. No, but, no go ahead. Um, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's terrible timing, definitely. You know, I I I agree. Uh, the, I think we're putting too much into it. You know, the further and further we get away from the season, the less and less we're starting to talk about football. And now stuff like the S two test, you know, it, it takes precedent, and I think that's garbage. Um, I in it now I will say this: it's not enough information, in my opinion, for us to you know have an opinion either way. I mean, because you know, I feel like the few quarterbacks that have taken the test today that have done well have done has it sounds like it's translated onto the field in the NFL but I don't think it's a small sample size you know for us to have a, a hard opinion on it and you know the guys in the four man rush we were just talking about this uh, a few days ago you know when the information comes out like this players are just gotten going to just opt out of taking the test you know because again it is right. you know are you going to do is just slander the player uh, for not testing well you know and that eventually is going to hurt their stock players are just going to say you know screw this I'm not going to take it and you know I, I feel like that's kind of where we're at now and it's terrible for CJ Stroud man cuz I he went from being arguably the quarterback one to now we're talking about quarterback 3 you know with I mean Levis. There's always, no matter the year, there's always a quarterback in the group of quarterbacks that we have that drops. Like, and right. we never know which one it's going to be. Like right now, it feels like Will Levis should be the one that drops, but right. it's probably going to be CJ Stroud. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. How surprised would you be if we're watching the first round of the draft and we're at like pick fifteen and CJ Stroud is still on the board? God, I mean that yeah. that means he would, have, he would have to fall past the Patriots. He'd like, have that's... to go past Seattle twice. <laughs> you know, the Houston. Yeah, twice. that's. I mean, I don't. I, I still believe that he's going to be a top ten quarterback. I, I just think that he's going to fall a little bit. And hey, maybe that's the best thing for him. You know, maybe he'll go to a better landing spot because of it, dude. Kind of if if, if the Texans if the Texans pass on him, that is a dumpster fire organization 
that deserves every bad thing that's getting ready to happen to him. <laughs> All the bad things to happen to you, your organization. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, Houston, Houston needs everything. So if they try to justify not getting a quarterback in this draft because they're looking at next year's draft, they don't know what it's going to be next year. People All were talking right. about this last and year. And you have two first round picks. You know, it's yeah, it's hard to winning. it's hard to miss on a quarterback this year. So we'll we'll see if they uh if they decide to pull the trigger on one of those. But yeah, it looks like CJ Stroud might be the one that uh that falls here uh cody imani in the house here embrace debate every monday live 10 30 a.m getting you ready for the rest of your work week uh panthers style let's uh switch it up a little bit outside of the carolina panthers which nfc south team is the biggest threat to win the nfc south and why uh cody let's start off with you on that one there which one of those three are you kind of side-eyeing right now yeah to me it's new orleans and listen everybody likes to make fun of Derek carr call him an average quarterback and it kind of has been an average quarterback that flashed some higher upside from time to time. But one of the things that the Saints are way better at doing than the Raiders is protecting their quarterback. They've made a lot of investments on the offensive line. And now you look at the weapons that they have. They have Michael Thomas coming back. Chris Olave is going to be there for them. Like they have the players and the talent on offense to be able to compete. And you add Alvin Kamara. You know they're going to be dynamic. Right now, I mean, listen, the NFC South is down bad. But if I had to pick one team that was going to give the Panthers a legitimate contest this year, to me, it has to be New Orleans. Your thoughts on this, uh, Monty? I, just surveying the NFC South, I think maybe because of the the, uh, the super aggressiveness of Carolina, it's kind of made me not pay as much attention to the rest of the NFC South. Or maybe they just right. haven't done as much as what we've done. Uh, the other three squads out there, which is the one you're kind of looking at as the one that could potentially contend? Because I feel like Carolina is going to be contending for the, the division this year with all the things that they've changed. Yeah, the South is is definitely down bad this year. As you know, as Cody said, I think you know we we definitely have the upper hand in that division or in our division so far. It's going to be a toss up between New Orleans and Atlanta for me, and and I'm going to probably side with Atlanta. Um, I think Atlanta has the, just as you know the pieces as well. You know, I think they're a little younger offensively than you know New Orleans. You know, I I, I think that. Kyle Pitts is due for, you know, another good big year. If they can figure out the quarterback position, um, I, you know, I think they like Taylor Heineke. I'm I'm on the fence with Taylor Heineke. You know, I feel like he's a solid quarterback or can be a solid quarterback, you know, for, for a short period of time there. Um, I think that, that, you know, Drake London is going to be a solid receiver. And then you add Cordero Peterson, you know, who or Patterson, you know, that can run the ball down your throat. I feel like they, they have the pieces offensively to where they can, you know, they can definitely give us a, a run for our money here. The biggest question for me is how they're going to look defensively. You know, I feel like they, you know, they definitely invested money on the defensive side there. You know, I think Jesse Bates is a great sign signer for them. So I'm I'm going to side with Atlanta. I I think that we walk away with this division though. You know, I, I think that's another question for another day. But I, you know, I think that we walk away with this division. The uh, uh, actual addendum to this question from uh, one of our viewers uh, and fans, Ian Reuter, hypothetical: if an NFC South team traded up to number two. Which quarterback would you be most afraid of or least afraid of to have in the division, assuming that Bryce goes number one? That's actually a pretty good question. Oh, this is um, easy for me. This is easy for me. And it's actually a tell to uh, one of the future answers I'm going to give to one of your questions you're going to ask. But uh, to me, let me tell you, man, if Anthony Richardson ended up with the Falcons, bro, <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just saying, man, like, uh, I, I, I've been calling it. Do not be surprised 
if Atlanta's picking third. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say. Anthony yeah. Richardson fits the mold of Atlanta a little bit more. I agree with yeah. that. You know, I, I feel yeah. like he would fit. He would fit the mold of what you know of, especially that that young offense they got. You know, the 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 tailback that they got in Patterson. Then they got the young pieces outside. I honestly think C.J. Stroud would be the scariest in my opinion. You know, seeing him throw throw the ball to Kyle Pitts for the next ten years, to throw throw the ball to Drake London for the next ten years, that scares me a little bit more than Anthony Richardson. I, I to me, and, and this is where I feel. I I love Anthony Richardson. I've been high on him, you know, since last year. I think we haven't seen quarterbacks with his skill set translate more than we've seen pocket passers in the league. You know, and that's kind of. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. No, no, no. That I mean, that's that was you know basically, and I think Anthony Richardson is going to be a good quarterback. We haven't seen a bunch of elite athletic quarterbacks translate more than we've seen pocket passers. And I think in the right system, if they could protect C.J. Stroud in Atlanta, he could be a little scarier, in my opinion, than Anthony Richardson. I'll be completely honest. The quarterback that I'd be the most worried about in the NFC South it isn't any of the quarterbacks that we've been talking about in this top four. It's Hendon Hooker. Like I don't want Hendon mm. Hooker in this division. Like I keep, I keep having this nightmare of Hendon Hooker somehow landing with Tampa, and and having a bridge year to kind of just get right while they kind of rebuild around him. And he's going to be twenty seven or whatever with a rebuilt Tampa team around him. All of a sudden, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like yeah. that at all. Like it feels like Tampa or Atlanta. I could see him in Atlanta too. Like if Atlanta takes a chance on him just to see they give Ritter another year, that don't work out. He was a third round pick to begin with. Hooker is going to be a starter in this league, and I think he's going to be a top 10 quarterback in this league once he's right. I just I, I don't want him in this division. I, I would like to have him. <laughs> Actually, I, I wanted him to come before we traded up to number one. I was already kind of plotting, well, why don't we do this in the first round and pick him up in the second? But he's already started to push into the first. Like I don't think Hooker's going to last past mid-first round, probably, especially with some of these teams that have multiple picks in the first round. I could easily see Seattle or Houston – taking a shot on them and letting them sit because they've got situations where they can. You know, Seattle's got Geno Smith. Like imagine, yeah, imagine New Orleans. I mean, they're picking 28. If, if Hendon Hooker's on the board, sit him for two years behind Derek Carr, then mm. you've got that receiving court. Hey, man, I'm just saying. It's that him. could be it's, uh, it's going to be him. Like, he's going to end up in this division, and we're going to look at it like, oh, man. <laughs> like, we pass on him, yeah. Yeah, yeah who, who invited him in here? Um Let's uh let's talk about the guy that's going to be at the top of the draft. Apparently, Bryce Young, Alabama quarterback Bryce Young, who's been making the media rounds the past week, uh, and I got to commend him and his staff, the people around him, because they have done an excellent job of framing why this kid should be the number one pick in the draft. Just over the past seven days, I've watched him on the Pivot podcast. I know he was on uh, Steve Smith's podcast. Cut to it. Um, I read a Sports Illustrated article on him last night. That was about his parents and how he got how he's how he's raised and how he's dealt with his size his whole life and just how he's white like you really get to see inside of the mind of Bryce Young where I'm like okay because I had to do this with Cam too I wasn't too sure on Cam until like right up to the draft and I'd heard enough and seen enough where I'm like okay I would follow that guy Bryce has got that in him you you want to follow him and uh, he said last week he wouldn't mind former Panther quarterback Cam Newton being his backup after Cam put out that list saying that these are the places he would he would prefer to go to back up. Was that all cap on Bryce Young's part? And would you want to see Cam Newton here again in a third tour of duty as a backup to Bryce Young? Uh, Monty, let's start with you. 
do I think it's cap? No. I think that there's, you know, there's some real, real, you know, saying tension there. You know, if he was definitely brought in, I think that he would love to play. I, you know, in my opinion, what rookie quarterback wouldn't love to sit behind or have Cam sit behind them? You know, have to be honest, Cam Newton as the biggest cheerleader um, on the sideline. As for as for my quarterback backup, that would be dope. You know, I, I absolutely believe that. You know, that would he would love to play behind or play with cam do i think that cam would sign up to be for a third tour of carolina no i don't nor do i honestly want to see cam back in carolina man is i love cam and, and I, I hate to see you know i hate to see him go out the way he's been going out but would i want him to be the no i just don't you know i like I, i've the nostalgia is going i i don't want to see him in, in the panther blue anymore unless he's retiring you know i, I want i want my new quarterback to i mean I, I feel like he's already ready. You know, I, you know, I don't think that I think it's more for fans and the nostalgia part wanting Cam back than it is anything for him helping uh, Bryce develop as a quarterback. And but again, who, what rookie quarterback wouldn't want Cam on this on the sideline? And I think, you know, I, that's kind of where I'm at with it. But you got to think, too, with these quarterbacks that are coming out. This is 2023. Cam was a rookie in 2011. They grew up right. watching Cam. Like he's, right. he is there. Mike Vick, or he is yeah. their like, guy, like that they grew up like Pat Mahomes. They didn't grow up watching him. Like he just Pat Mahomes just burst on the scene what five years ago? Yeah, right. Six years ago. And, Whereas Cam, you know, Cam influenced Pat Mahomes. Like you know, coming. Yeah, out and a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys even come out and say that you know that like Anthony Richardson being one of them, saying you know he grew yeah. up watching Cam. You know, grew up idolizing Cam. So yeah, I, I think these he, he would love to play with Cam. I don't think any rookie quarterback wouldn't love to have Cam on the sideline. I I just don't want to see him back in Carolina. That's kind of just where I met with it, Cody. Your thoughts on this? Because I know you're a huge Cam Newton fan, as as all three of us oh, yeah. are. But uh, I think Matt Rule kind of took the the scent off the uh, did <laughs> off him the dirty. Power. Yeah, Maybe. did him super dirty. Yeah, he absolutely did. I'm gonna be real. I think Bryce was capping a little bit. I think he was giving the politically correct uh, interview answer because it's like all everyone talks about now is him being five ten, 190 pounds. Uh, okay, well then you're gonna bring back Cam Newton, six foot five, two hundred and forty-five pounds. Like having them right next to each other is like, yo, wait, that's the guy that we drafted. He's so tiny out there, bro. But I mean, listen, I'm sure that he would, you know, he wouldn't have anything bad to say if Cam Newton came to Carolina. I'm sure they would have a great relationship. Both of those guys are very agreeable dudes. So that's not outside of the realm of possibility to me. Um, it's just knowing the type of quarterback room that we have right now. We have Andy Dalton and uh, Matt Corral, who is criminally undervalued by Panther fans and by Panthers Twitter in general. Uh, that's the perfect backup quarterback for the system that we plan to run. So, yeah, yeah I just I think that there's there's too many cooks in the kitchen right now. And Cam being such a big presence in the locker room. But also so many people in Charlotte still love Cam and wish that he was the quarterback over everyone else. So it's like fans are already so divided about the draft debates that we've been having. It, it's time to unify around the number one draft pick. It's a new era. It's a new regime. I I get it. I, I kind of agree with you, Cody, that it felt more like it was the politically correct. I mean, what's he supposed to say? Like, nah, ew. Cam Newton, I don't want, I don't yeah, want him to Yeah, nah, I don't want to. Yeah, come on. And then end up in Carolina and have to deal with that, like, every right. Sunday when he walks out into the field. Um, so I think he made the right soundbite, uh, which is another reason why I like uh, Bryce, because everything I've seen in front of the camera with this kid, he just seems polished. Like, he knows what to say. And his confidence, like, just – 
screams out at you like when you're seeing him talk about himself or his abilities or ability to win lead whatever it really does remind me of Steph Curry to a certain extent in terms of just how he talks and how he handles himself and like he 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 knows there's gonna be doubters out there and people talking about him and his size and everything else but he never lets it affect his play like in fact he almost uses it to his advantage like you're, you're looking at him a certain way and all of a sudden he pops you with a 60 yard touchdown or something you're like oh i didn't know he could do that but yeah he can do that more so that's kind of him as for cam yeah man I'm, I'm 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 done i'm one of the biggest cam newton fans on earth uh cam is probably one of yeah. my top three favorite nfl players of all time like he's up there with like bo jackson and Deion sanders for me like yeah in terms of just how he changed the game yeah. Plus, he's ours. You know, like we, the Panthers didn't have anybody at Cam's stature until Cam got here in the, in the right. team history. So, everything he did, the ride he took us on, I've always said I would rather have seven years of that Cam Newton than 15 years of a Cam Newton trying to save his body, you know, because yeah. that wouldn't be Cam Newton. Oh, yeah. It would be something else entirely. Um, so, I, I, I said Cam should retire after he was here in 2021. Um, you, there's nothing left for you to prove. And I meant to, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do that right now. Who uh is Cam Newton a first ballot Hall of Famer? Because we were talking about it last week and uh, I didn't write it out, but based on his resume, if you go and look up Cam Newton's Wikipedia page and you go look at what he's done, and I'll go pull up the records in a little bit while we while you guys debate this, but is Cam Newton a first ballot NFL Hall of Famer? Uh who wants to take a crack at that one? I say Part- no. Yeah, and I well, hate it. Go ahead, go I ahead. hate it. And I, I, I hate that with a passion, but I say no. And to me, the reason I hate it so much is because we had an organization that refused to put the proper offensive line around him and refused to put the, the right weapons around him. I mean, the dudes number one and number two for a long period of time was Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches. Neither of them are playing pro football anymore. So, you know, uh, if, if you're not a Panthers fan, you look at Cam Newton as like a one or two year wonder. Like you look at that 2015 MVP season and then you say, okay, he was a bust after that. He was inaccurate. He was this and that. I don't know if there was another quarterback that could have played in this system doing the things that Cam Newton was asked to do and have the same level of success that Cam Newton did have. Do I think he's going to make the hall of fame? No, I don't think he played long enough and I don't think he, uh, had that Super Bowl ring. Now, maybe if he won in 2015, if the Panthers win that game, I would say, yeah, maybe he has a chance. But if Steve Smith is not first ballot, nah, I don't, I, sadly, man, I don't think Ace is either. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I agree with Cody. Um, and this, it, like you said, I hate to say it, you know, as being a diehard Cam Newton fan, uh, I, I think that it's kind of the time that he missed that, you know, I feel like those years where he missed those, uh, those are going to be vital in and why, why we don't look at him as a, you know, because you got to think about it two years after the Super Bowl, you know, he, we're back into the playoffs and I feel like we saw the best version of Cam Newton. He were one of the best versions we've seen in Cam Newton. And after that, we hadn't seen that camp version of Cam Newton ever again. You know, we started off with six and two, 2018. We had the, uh, he had the shoulder injury in uh, at Pittsburgh. And from there, we hadn't seen, you know, a version of Cam even close to that, you know, and, and I feel like that's going to be 
very vital and why we don't look at him as a Hall of Famer. Um, he didn't play long enough. I feel like that's going to play a factor in it. And, you know, I, I think he definitely I feel like he's going to fall into that factor. Um, You know, the same tier of Donovan McNabb and, you know, Michael Vick, where, you know, they definitely were talented enough, definitely have some, you know, in some regards, have the numbers to make an argument for being a Hall of Famer. I just don't think that he's going to make that, you know, they're going to make that jump. Um, he's definitely transcended the game in the quarterback position, though. I feel like that's going to get that always gets overlooked. We know we don't talk about the new era of quarterback that Cam has ushered into, you know, over the last yes. five to ten years. You know, Cam Newton has his hand, his fingers all over the, this new uh, class of quarterback, and you know, I feel like we don't talk about that enough. But he, I do. I think he's going to make the hall. I just I doubt it, man. See, I love when this topic comes up, and I'm glad both of you guys said no because I'm always on the other side, and then I always have to go to Cam Newton's Wikipedia to, to, to prove my point on it. This dude has so many records. People people aren't even aware of some of the records yeah. that Cam Newton actually yeah. has uh, that may never be broken. So whenever this conversation comes up and I'm like, is Cam Newton a first ballot Hall of Famer? The original gut reaction is no. But then when you start looking at what he did, it's like, uh, maybe NFL MVP right. 2015, NFL Offensive Player of the Year in 2015. Uh, he was the 10-time Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, I think that was 2015 as well. Um, of course, won the Heisman. Uh, his, his to some of the records, he's got the most rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in NFL history with 75 right now. Yeah. Uh, most passing yards by a QB in his first two games. Most games in NFL history with a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown with 32. Uh, most player of the week awards, first player in NFL history, and most games with at least 250 passing yards, 100 rushing yards, one passing touchdown, and one rushing touchdown in a single game. He's got two of those. Uh, he's most games in a single season with at least one passing touchdown and one rushing touchdown. He's got eight of those. Uh, only player in NFL history with at least 30 passing touchdowns and 10 rushing touchdowns in the same season. That was the 2015 season. And it just goes on and on and on. Uh, most passing yards by a debut uh, by a quarterback in their debut. Yeah, I think he's um, the only quarterback with th with uh, three 10 touchdown seasons, uh, 10, yep. 10 rushing touchdown seasons. I think he's the only quarterback that's done that as well. Yeah, man, he's got arguments. So many. It's so many. First player in NFL history with 4,000 passing yards and 10 rushing touchdowns in a season. Uh, he I broke mean, the, rookie, the, the, the rookie passing touchdown record. Yep, I mean, it has, since, it, it has since been broken, but Cam broke yeah. that. His His – first year I, and yeah, that was Peyton look. Manning's record at that so I mean let's I always like yeah. to look, throw that in there You're like he broke Peyton Manning's passing record his rookie season so that's that's big first I'm just still just digging through for first player in Super Bowl era to pass for 300 yards and rush for multiple touchdowns in a playoff game most rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in his first four seasons like I mean uh you're making it compelling Des definitely I mean Bill, Bill Parcells I always use this Bill Parcells has always said if you were the best in the NFL for one season, you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. If you ever won the MVP award in the NFL, that means you were the best at what you do for an entire season. And if that's the case, you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Cam's 2015 MVP season, I'll put that up against almost anybody's MVP season in terms yeah. of just how dominant he was that season. Like, he was a vibe. Like, you could not stop the dude. And, if, and especially comparative to the offense he had around him to yeah. MVPs, yeah, it's it's an argument, he man. Really them. Argument. And they and they were the number one scoring team in the in the league <laughs> that year. Like you know, and it was all Cam. Like it was all Cam. I just find it hard. I don't now first ballot. Yeah, that might be a little hard. But if you look at the impact he's had on the game, like you guys said, uh, the Steph Curry effect, I guess you could say, in terms of how the game has yeah. changed. 
we just saw Jalen Hurts get $255 million playing like Cam Newton, <laughs> you know, yeah. like he is wearing he number one. Yeah. He, yeah. He's evolved the game of football where at all levels, uh, pro college and high school, where they're now yeah. more prone to look for guys that can do the same stuff that Cam Newton can do. So I think that counts for something. I don't know if uh, that'll mean he gets into the hall of fame, but it should, if the hall of fame is based off of, and- how famous you were, <laughs> how good you and, were at what you did. Yeah, and to add on top of what Maya was saying with the amount of people that he's inspired, if you look at the big, strong quarterbacks that we have in the NFL right now, you know, guys like Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and now Anthony Richardson coming out, he was the first real prototype of that type of player that did everything at a high level, throwing the football, running the football, you know, just being in control of the offense. You know, Cam Newton was the prototype. And now you're seeing more of those types of players feel like, oh, okay, well, maybe before I would have played tight end, but no, nah, man, let me go get that quarterback money. You know, let me let, let me uh, put the ball in my hand more than just being a pass catcher or a running back. Yeah, I, he has inspired a generation of quarterbacks. I hope it happens, man. I don't know if it will. I hope it does. Hey, we'll, we'll probably get a chance to do it in the summer a little bit too and go a little bit more in depth with this. Uh, but yeah, just, as we were talking about it, I was just like, ah. I was happy when both of y'all went the other way. Cause I'm like, I'm all team first ballot <laughs> for Cam just from pouring over his stats. I'm like, I hope, man. Hey, fellas, and I'll say this um, he might not be in some regard, I guess, the best quarterback in the NFL. But when you look over his just his career as a football player, you can make the argument he's one of the better football players have ever graced the football field ever. You know, he's yeah, won in high yeah. school. He's won in college. He's won in junior college. He's won, in, you know, he's took a team he's to here. the NFL, uh, to the Super Bowl. You know, he's a he's an MVP. So when you just look at the totality of his career from high school to now, he's one of the best players that have ever touched the football field ever. You know, and, and yeah, I will stand firm on that. And th- if you think about it, too, on top of what you just said, Monty, he kind of had to carry those teams, too, because that Auburn Absolutely. team had no business to be in the national championship game. You take him off that no. roster, they are not Absolutely. national championship contenders. You take them off the 2015 Carolina Panthers, we're I'm pretty Bowl sure they're not going to make it to the Super Bowl. You know, shout out to my right. boy Jay Stu, but I don't think y'all are making it there with uh, – who was the backup? Um, Derek Anderson. Derek Anderson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I don't think Derek Anderson's uh, and, and Jay Stu would probably say the same thing. Jay would probably agree <laughs> with you. He, he he would he probably would say nothing, <laughs> just so that just to be correct, <laughs> both sides, yeah, all yeah, yeah. But he in his mind, I'm sure he'd probably be like, yeah, he's probably right. Um, yeah. I know we're running short on time. I, I replaced the the court, the cornerback question with that because I thought it was pretty juicy. Let's let's hit uh NFL draft outside of Carolina. Which team in the top ten do you think should be the most aggressive in the draft this weekend? Not the team you think will be the most aggressive, but looking in the top ten, which one should be the most aggressive in order to take their team to the next level. Um, Monty, let's start with you. I'm going to go Seattle. I think Seattle, you know, they they have the pieces in place. You know, they're, you can argue they're either a quarterback away or they're a few pieces on defense away from uh, being a very, very good uh, team. You know, I feel like that division is wide open right now. We don't know the quarterback situation with San Francisco. Um, L.A. is it's spiraling. You know, I don't think we don't know what's going how L.A. is going to be. And, gosh, what's the other um, – uh, I just can't just drew, drew a blank. Either way, I think Seattle should be the most aggressive. You know, I think they have the pieces in place. And for let's say this, if Anthony Richardson goes to Seattle, sits behind Geno Smith for a year, and then starts and throw has to throw the ball to DK Metcalf and Tyler, um, brother, Tyler we Lock- yeah. Tyler Lockett. That's that's 
that's scary. You were talking about something being spooky. That fits. He fits Seattle just as much as I think he will fit Atlanta. So I think Seattle have a few pieces, and you know, and they're in a position to where they can be very good next year. Cody, your thoughts? Yeah, I think it needs to be the Atlanta Falcons, and they, they probably won't because it's the Falcons, and they don't ever do what they need to. But <laughs> yeah. and, you know, I, I said this earlier. Imagine if they traded up to number three and drafted Anthony Richardson. They know that the Saints got Derek Carr. They know that the Panthers are picking number one. They're going to get their pick of the litter of the quarterback that they want. And Arthur Smith came from Tennessee. Like, that is the type of offense that Anthony Richardson would thrive in. I mean, you could drop him in there and you would be able to roll offensively and do a bunch of different things. I know they have Desmond Ritter as their quarterback, but I mean, if you have the potential to grab somebody like an Anthony Richardson, and let's be real, those Atlanta Falcons home games, they don't have a lot of fans in the stands. Atlanta has to do what the Panthers are doing, really get some excitement around that football team and, and make a move and be aggressive this year before the rest of their um, division compatriots run away from them. So I think it should be Atlanta. I don't know if they will, but they probably should. I'm thinking it, it should be one of these two teams that have two picks in the top 12, either Seattle or Houston. Um, Houston needs everything. Seattle's in a situation where they're they're set to if they do this right they're set to basically rebuild this team in two years yeah, uh but they're in the nfc west so they're dealing with the 49ers um who in my opinion are probably the best team in football like if they didn't run out of quarterbacks they're probably going to beat the eagles in the playoffs in my opinion but yeah. uh they just literally went through four quarterbacks <laughs> and even then was still trying to fight with christian mccaffrey back there so it's like yeah. I, I don't know that division's gonna be tough it's different over here in the south because it's wide open. Yeah, Derek Carr's here, but he's has he won a playoff game in his career? Or I think he's only won no. one or something like that. No. Uh, and that's like nine years worth. Uh, Dennis yep. Allen, the, the coach in New Orleans, has not won a playoff game or had a winning season, I don't believe, because uh, he was the coach of the Raiders uh, for a couple of years. Uh, in Tampa, nobody knows exactly what they're doing. They're kind of in a standstill holding pattern. Uh, Baker Mayfield got signed, but I don't think he's going to start. I think they're going to start with Kyle Trask. So there goes that and then uh atlanta <laughs> with desmond ritter he's a second year guy they're still very young they got holes all over the place carolina was already in a position at the end of last year showing flashes that next year they could do something and then they nailed everything they needed to nail leading up to this point the coaching selections the free agency yeah. they're set up to to do it next year i don't maybe the other three teams kind of punt on the on the season and they're just like well we're gonna use this season to rebuild uh carolina's too far ahead but one quarterback choice could change all that. Um, Atlanta, Anthony Richardson does sound kind of scary. Again, I'm still under the mindset that uh, Hendon Hooker is going to end up in the NFC South, and it's going to be with one of these teams we don't want him to be with, and he's going to be the problem that we have uh, for the next eight years, Bryce Young versus Hendon Hooker uh, in, the, in the conference. So I don't like that thought. <laughs> I hate to end it on that thought, but I think that's where it's going to be. Uh, any final thoughts from you guys before uh, we head into it? Because this will be our last show before the draft starts on Thursday. I'm just ready for the draft to be over with, man. I'm ready to throw my support behind this quarterback, whoever it is. Uh, I believe, you know, if it's uh, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, or Anthony Richardson, we got the best QB room in the NFL uh, when you consider Andy Dalton and Matt Corral. I know everybody's pumped up. And uh, yeah, this is uh, this is the start of a new era 
of Carolina Panther football. And I'm excited to be making content in this era of Panthers football. Happy to be here with y'all. And uh, happy for all the people that hang out with us in the chat. And that's it, man. Happy to be here. What's up, Monty? Uh, any final thoughts before we get you out of here for uh, for this Monday? Yeah, man. Um, I'm like Cody. I'm I'm happy. You know, this is draft week. You know, got a couple days here before you know we get our new franchise quarterback. Um, I believe it's gonna be Bryce Young. You know, I'm very excited to see you know what this new era you know come it comes with. I, I think that this new coaching staff um is definitely going to. I think we're going to be we're in great hands. You know, let's just say that I think we're definitely in great hands moving forward. Um, definitely been a pleasure to always to, to do this weekly with you fellas, guys. And um, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to see what what, what comes next. It's uh embrace the baits growing. The Keep Pounding Podcast Network is growing over on Fans First Sports Network. Uh, shout out to everybody on here that's found us. Uh, go to Twitter, uh, find us there. It's KP underscore Pounding Network. Uh, you can follow us there for the latest. Um, and then also, uh, you can find us on all your major podcast platforms: Spotify, Google, iTunes, Stitcher, um, Megaphone. Uh, you can find us on there as well, so you can take it with you on your phone. Um, we'll actually answer this question probably next week after the draft is over. Willie Smith, uh, Panther super fan says how close are the Panthers away from winning the NFC in the Super Bowl? We will have that answer for you next week, Willie. Cause, uh, we'll, we'll see what we did in the draft. We'll be back next Monday with a recap episode of the draft. Uh, we'll look at all. Well, I can't say how many picks we'll have cause Fitty's going to be busy this weekend probably. So we'll, we'll see how many we got six as it stands right now. <laughs> so we'll see what happens uh, with that. Um, as we get through the weekend, uh, we'll get you ready for that, and then we'll tell you what's going to be happening as we get into the off season here. So, for for Cody, for Monty, I'm Des. You've been watching and you've been watching Embrace Debate, Carolina Panthers here on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network. Keep pounding, guys. Keep pounding.